Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on this week's episode, we get you set for the start of Blackhawks training camp this week after a busy offseason with insight from Stan Bowman and Jeremy Colleton ahead of the unofficial start to the 2021-22 year. All that and more coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Blackhawks season is just around the corner. There's nothing like a season change to remind you to make sure your car is running safely. Your local Chevy dealers have you covered this season with all your service needs. Stay on top of all your standard vehicle maintenance to keep your car in its best shape. Schedule your oil changes, your brake checks, and tire rotations today. Head to ChevyDriveChicago.com to find your local dealer. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Welcome into Blackhawks Insider. We are back after a long offseason, a busy offseason here as the Blackhawks get set to open up training camp here this week at Fifth Third Arena. Carter Baum with you. And uh, in an offseason of many additions for the Blackhawks, I personally think we have the biggest one yet on (laughs) Blackhawks Insider. Colby Cohen joins us. Colby, we had you on late last season, right before you were getting ready to do a broadcast fill-in on NBC Sports Chicago, filling in for the great Eddie Olchek. We talked to you. You were great. In the months since, you've officially joined the Blackhawks in a full-time capacity. Your title is content analyst. You're going to be featured across Blackhawks TV, Blackhawks.com, anywhere and everywhere. Broadcast still, I mean... People are going to hear from you a lot. So we thought, what better place to get started than to make you a full-time member of Blackhawks Insider. So welcome. Yeah, no, it's uh, been a whirlwind. We we chatted last spring, as you mentioned, uh, with you and Burr. And we'll get Burr back on here, and he'll be a, a regular contributor to the show. Um, you know, he's got a great personality for this kind of thing. But he's too pretty. I think he might be better suited for TV, Burr, because he's, he's got that... Nice bone structure going on, you know? But yeah, um, it was always a nice level playing field for me and Burr when we were both on <laughs> on an nope, audio format because otherwise I, I stand no chance. But, <laughs> but um, I appreciate it. Obviously, the team has a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, there is a whole side to this whole hockey thing, a, you know, a off the ice type of thing. And I'm happy to put on a new sweater and join a new team. Obviously the Blackhawks are a pretty storied franchise. So it's very exciting for me, my family to, to be a part of this whole thing. And, you know, we're getting ready to watch training camp and this is an exciting time. I mean, there's a lot of optimism in the air here in Chicago uh, about sports in general right now. I mean, you know, this this team is, is going to look a little bit different this year. Different in a good way. And real quick, just to reset for our listeners, I mean, you're a guy who's been around the block. You've played a lot of games in the AHL, a couple stints in the NHL. You've been up and down in many training camps. You've been through the next couple weeks several times in your career. Uh, but you go way back with this team. You you skated a long time ago with a young guy named Patrick Kane. I know we talked about that when you were on the show last year, but um, you're no stranger to some of the faces around this organization. So even though you're technically the new guy, maybe you know going through rookie, we'll see if you have to go through the rookie dinner process. Or I've already know. paid my rookie dinner. Don't <laughs> don't try to. I got hit with multiple rookie dinners. So so I'm I've already paid my dues on rookie dinners. But you know the hockey world is such a small community uh, and players there's a couple different paths players take and you, you come into contact with a lot of guys with and against uh, throughout the process but training camp man and and that's something that I just really freshly remember because I remember the anxiety uh, and the nerves heading into training camp every year because I was never a guy that you know knew he had a spot on the team uh, there's two different types of scenarios actually probably three going into training camp and there's the player who's getting in shape and just sort of knocking the rust off. Maybe a guy like Patrick Kane or Debrinket or one of these guys that are, you know, they're, they're veteran established NHL players and they, they know what they're doing, Carter. And, the spot and is on the team. Exactly. Already. They have their spot in pen 
and they need to come in and get themselves ready to go for October. Well, then you've got the the bubble players, the young players that are high draft picks, maybe not high draft picks, second, third year pros, guys that are knocking on the door to make this hockey club. And those guys are going through a whole different thing. There's They're a little bit stressed out. They're excited. They're nervous. They got testing uh, going on, physical off the ice testing, and they're they're getting themselves ready for that right now. And, you know, you it's funny, and I've shared this before, but when you're one of those players that's a bubble player trying to make this lineup, you walk around here, you kind of keep your head down, you're kind of comfortable, but you're kind of uncomfortable, and you just don't want anyone to call you or call you in for a meeting. Because if you see that phone number on your phone, and it's a Chicago Blackhawks, you're getting sent down. So you just basically want to turn your phone off for a couple of days and not look at that thing because it's it's nerve-wracking. You're right there. And and then you've got the youngest guys that know they're going back to junior. They're here. They're getting their feet wet. They're going to maybe get an exhibition game. But mostly, they're just here to sort of start acclimating. So you've kind of got those three different groups. And I remember it all too familiar and all too well. Um, it's nice now that I get to put on a jacket and stand at the observation deck and I just have to watch training camp, but, uh, Hey, I'll take it. We get a nice cup of warm coffee in the rink. That's right. You know, maybe a donut every now and then there's a nice Dunkin' Donuts right there at fifth, third arena as you walk in. We're not going through any fitness testing. You know, we can, we can splurge every now and then have a nice early start to the morning. You mentioned the competition that's going to be going on, and there's a lot of it this year. We'll get to that a little later in the show. Uh, we'll reset this whole offseason, but I I want to throw a quick note in. You mentioned it, Colby, for longtime listeners of the show. Uh, Adam Burrish, still around, still going to be part of the show from time to time this season, just not as much, not as frequently as he has in past. We covered it last season, but he's got a young baby he lives in Wisconsin with his wife, starting a new family, a lot of things going on there. The time commitment just it's tough for him, understandably so. Any parents out there would would know how difficult it is to raise a kid alone and much less have a full-time job outside of that. But he's still going to join us from time to time, a couple times a month. We'll get him on the phone. He'll still be around. You just won't hear him every single week. It'll be me and Colby here. Sometimes Burl will join us, but I uh, just wanted to let you guys know that Adam Burrish hasn't gone anywhere. We'll still get that pretty face back on the show here uh, from time to time. Those are big shoes to fill, and uh, I don't think anybody's filling them. So we'll uh, we'll do our best, and we'll we'll try to keep you up to date on what's going on with the team, what's happening that maybe you're not able to see. Obviously, we're a little bit lucky around here. We've got a couple of these uh, employee passes that give us access to places that not everybody gets. So we'll, we'll Where'd you do, get one of those? Yeah, I, yeah, mine doesn't get in you, certain uh, doors. Mine swipes in just about everywhere. So you're obviously uh, in the wrong department. <laughs> Who's but, the rookie? Uh, I was uh, hey, listen, <laughs> you're, you're, you got to talk to your manager there. But, um, you know, we'll do our best and we'll have Burr on a couple times a month, like you said, Carter, and we'll, we'll keep him involved. And, you know, we look forward to that. All right. Well, I'm going to do something really quick. It's been a very busy off season. We've referenced it a couple of times. I'm going to go through literally name by name and do a quick reset because it's been a few months since we've done a show. Training camp is here just to get everyone up to date in case, in case you've been living uh, under a rock for the last four or five months or really just enjoying a beautiful Chicago summer. No one can blame you there, but uh, here's everything that's happened in the off season. And this is going to take me a little bit, but the new players coming in, You've got four-time All-Star Seth Jones, future Hall of Famer and reigning Vesna winner Marc-Andre Fleury, Tyler Johnson, a reigning back-to-back cup champion, shutdown defenseman Jake McCabe, physical forward Drew Jarkera, young defenseman Caleb Jones, who's the brother of Seth. You've got the returns of Jonathan Taves and Alex Nylander missed all of last season with medical issues. New contracts signed for Connor Murphy, Brandon Hagel, Adam Gaudet, Lucas Reichel, Henrik Borgstrom, Mackenzie Entwistle, Mike Hardman, and newest first-round pick, Nolan Allen. Uh, Colby, save me. I need to catch my breath real quick, but long story short, there's a lot of excitement around this team with all these additions in the offseason. Yeah, and I think it's important to look at that and realize that it's still a young team. And the average age of this team is still one of the youngest in the NHL. But when you go out and you find marquee 
established players that are also young, you can continue to rebuild and retool, but then you're not counting on a first-year player to play 25 minutes on defense because you've got Seth Jones, who's 26 years old, which by all means is still pretty young. He's a guy you can lean on for 25 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever that number may look like. And, you know, I think the one signing that you could probably look at and say, well, he's not a young guy, and that's Marc-Andre Fleury. But anytime you can acquire the goaltender who just won the Vesna, who's playing some of the best hockey of his career, who's an incredible influence on the team, he's competitive, he's great in the community, he's great in the locker room. Oh, and now you have a guy who's won multiple Stanley Cups, a Vesna, who's a legend in the NHL. First ballot Hall of Famer. Mentoring a couple of young guys behind him in Lankanen, in Subban, in Delia. I mean, that is a great thing for these guys to have. So um, I wouldn't look at this as the Chicago Blackhawks decided to abandon a rebuild because that is not what's going on. They're cementing the foundation and they are setting this team up for success. Now you look at the decor Carter and you look at the fact that Connor Murphy, McCabe Jones, these guys have years on their contracts. They're going to be here in Chicago for four, five, six. Those are pillars of your team that you can build around and they're all in their twenties. And then you bring in a guy like Tyler Johnson. He's 30 plus years old. He just won two Stanley Cups. So anytime you're able to get a guy like that who's just won two Stanley Cups in a row and has all that winning pedigree, how good is that for young players like Hardman, like Entwistle, guys who just got new contracts, who are rookies that are knocking on the door to being full-time NHL players, Borgstrom, a guy who was brought back from Europe. So I like the mix. I'm excited about it. I like the fact that... Uh, Stan was able to retool without abandoning the ship of of what the game plan is. So it's an exciting time, and there's a lot of optimism around the team. And and you know, talking to the players over the last two weeks, you can see it with the players. You know, I've been on good teams and bad teams. The good teams, the hungry teams, they show up weeks before training camp and start skating. The entire Chicago Blackhawks team has been here for multiple weeks and training camp didn't open until, you know, today and tomorrow, really. So, you know, that says a lot about the mentality of this group and kind of how everybody's feeling. How much does that help a team get right off the hop in training camp? I mean, there's no none of those, all right, let's do a couple fitness drills. I mean, there's going to be lots of fitness drills on the ice, but you don't have to worry about that in the first couple of days. You hit the ground running. You start working on systems. You start working on chemistry. How much can that help a team having that big group of guys, like you mentioned, everyone's hungry. <laughs> you, We just got done um, with a season ticket holder call, Zoom call with Stan Bowman, Jeremy Colleton, their first real media avail of the year, specifically for season ticket holders. You were running point on that, asking them questions. And I, I thought it was funny because Stan had a moment where he was like, I don't want to use the word excitement because we've been using that a lot, but there's a lot of excitement around this team. There's a lot of energy. These guys have been in town, as you said, for a couple weeks out on the ice, skating on their own. The captain's practices, they're not required to be there, but they're ready to go. No, they're not required. We have none of our coaches are out there because they can't be. Mm -hmm. It's all skill work. It's all run off the captains. And, you know, something that is really interesting and really important is, yes, players have been here. And that's given Jeremy Colton a chance to check in with players. You know, Jeremy is not that far removed from being a player. And players come into the dressing room, they grab a coffee, they walk around, they talk to each other, you catch up with people. Jeremy's no different as a head coach. He's walking around the room, he's checking in with his players, he's looking at guys, how are you feeling, are you banged up, do you feel good, how was your summer, did you get on the golf course? You know, it, it, there's a human element to it. Well, then it shifts to, let me give you some film. I know for a fact that Jeremy Colleton, and he so much has said this, he gives guys clips to watch leading into training camp because when they hit the ice on the 23rd for the first practices, 
There's no time at the board. They don't have time to be going over systems. They want everyone to be dialed in, which is what the last two weeks have been for, where guys have video clips and different things on their iPads where they can watch, especially new players, to get in tune with what's going to happen. Because when they hit the ice tomorrow, it's it's all systems go. And when you've got four or five new players, you're going to want a majority of your NHL group all together. And that's what we're going to see in the splits because there will be three groups starting the first day of on-ice training camp. It'll be split up and you'll see one of the groups will be very heavy with the players that we will see on October 12th or 13th, whichever night I forget exactly, we open in Colorado. So, um, you know, that stuff's really important. And, And having that opportunity to have the FaceTime with the coach. Guys who are new, Seth Jones, Tyler Johnson. I'm going to tell you something stupid and small, but underrated. Breaking in equipment. When you get back for a new season, and, and you're laughing at me across I'm, the table. I'm laughing because exactly. I know I got new skates a year ago, so and they then, still hurt. I mean, you need to get here and start feeling those new gloves, and, and you got new pants, and like the things that are new to you, you start to figure out, where am I going to eat my pregame meal? Where am I going to live? All of these types of things, being here early gives you an opportunity to knock those things out. So once the season starts and it officially kicked off on the 22nd, which is today, guys are ready to go. And you're not dealing with the extracurriculars that might be distracting to you. So I like it. I like how early we're here. I like the commitment from the main group. I like seeing Jonathan Taves on the ice. I like seeing how competitive he is in a captain's practice. I'm excited to see his progression. I'm excited to see him start to feel better. We don't know how much of him we're going to see. I think the attitude around here is, is anything we get from him is a bonus because we didn't have him last year. You know, he wasn't here. The game I did, he certainly didn't play. You guys all missed him immensely last year. So, you know, having him back is huge. And, and you know, it, it's, uh, it's a bit of a polarizing time right now with, with some of these new faces and some of these new sweaters, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, we heard uh, you mentioned some of the conversation that Jeremy Colleton had. We'll play just a short clip here uh, of what Jeremy had to say just about the past couple weeks and getting to see these guys and just the, the mentality going into training camp uh, as it opens on Thursday. Yeah, it's been nice to uh, to be here the last few weeks, and uh, you know, obviously, we're not running the practices, but we are at the rink and uh, having a chance to bump into guys. And whether it's the new players that we're starting to get to know, or it's uh, some of the the guys from years past, just uh, you know, checking in, seeing how they're doing. Uh, it's been a great you know couple of weeks, and, and you do feel uh, the enthusiasm that everyone has. I mean, the fact that so many guys were in town, we had you know multiple full practices uh, worth of, of players here. Uh, I think part of that's the, the competition that there is for to make the team. Everyone knows that uh, it's going to be a really competitive camp. And so they're all here trying to prepare as best they can. But also it's excitement that uh, you know, we're going to take another step this year. And, and that's easy to, uh, you know, it's a lot easier to come to the rink. And, and you definitely feel that energy when you're uh, walking around. All right, we'll move on now. We'll start. Uh, we'll start dissecting. We talked a little bit, Colby, about the group as a whole and all the new additions. But I want to start. We'll work from the back out and talk about these specific position groups because I think every single position group has seen a major uptick from uh, the last time the Blackhawks took the ice. We'll start in goal. We talked about Mark Andre Fleury, a future Hall of Fame netminder, who you said he's coming off a Vesna trophy. He's won Stanley cups. He's at the top of his game, uh, for being a veteran around this league. Not only is he going to provide an immediate impact on the ice, but for the young guys in Kevin Lankinen, who's coming off his rookie season, a breakout rookie season, an incredible year for him. And even a guy like Malcolm Subban, who has been around the block a couple of times, but still is not an established NHL goalie. He's played backup. A lot of the different roles he's gone. Uh, and then, you have not only the mentor to those two guys, but just what Mark Andre Fleury brings to the locker room as a whole, his leadership, the way he knows how to um, kind of go through the ebbs and flows of a season, and his impact on the community off the ice. I mean, I don't know if there's a better person out there to add to your team in the off season than a guy like Mark Andre Fleury for every single intangible that he brings. 
We could do a whole podcast on Mark Andre. <laughs> we probably will at yeah, some point. Yeah, and we'll probably have to dedicate a full 40 minutes to him at some point. I, I completely agree. But I'm going to give you a personal story of Mark Andre Fleury. And um, I don't know him well personally, but I remember, I think it was my freshman year at BU. So this is about 2008, somewhere in there. So we're going back a little bit here. Mm-hmm. It's a Gannis Arena. The Penguins are in town to play the Bruins. They practiced at a Gannis Arena, which was BU, our arena, um, the day before the game. And this is, a you know, midway through the season. Uh, it's cold out. They are in the thick of things, and they're playing the next night. Flurry's starting. I have never seen a goaltender give a more of an effort in practice than what I saw at a Flurry. They were doing a warm-up drill. And it, with your line. And at the time, I believe the line was Crosby, Malkin, and maybe Kunitz, if I remember properly. Pretty decent line. And I, and I could be I could be wrong on the third third member there, but I'm pretty sure I remember it being Kunitz. And they're doing a three-on-O warm-up drill where the goaltender has a chance on the first shot, has a little more chance in the second shot, and has no chance on the third shot. It's It's to warm up the goalie, but it's for the guys to feel the puck. Not Marc-Andre Fleury. He is literally chasing down every rebound, every pass across the crease. Normally in practice, if you go down on a goaltender 2-on-0 and you pass it across the crease, the goaltender gets annoyed at you, and they sometimes throw their stick at you, shoot a puck at you. Goalies are angry guys. They, they can be angry at times. But not Fleury. He's chasing these passes, Carter, and going after every single play. This is, you know, 10-plus years ago. Let's fast forward to the summer. He's still doing it because someone posted it on Instagram in the summertime. He's this shutting is a down guy, a little 13-year-old, 14-year-old. It doesn't matter to him. The puck doesn't go in his net. He's so competitive. He's such a hard worker. Generally, at this stage of a goaltender's career, they go out on the ice for 20 minutes in practice, and then they want to get off. He's the last guy on the ice still. It's why he's great at what he does We'll take time on another episode to talk about the things he does in the community, what he did in Vegas, what he did in Pittsburgh, and all that. But having that guy in goal gives you a chance to win every night, no matter what your team does. As a defenseman, you play more confident. As a forward, you play more confident when you have a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury. And you know what it's going to do to Lankinen? It's going to make him realize, or whomever is the the number two goaltender, Subban, Lankinen, whomever it is, okay, those guys all now realize that when they get their opportunity, they better be really good because they've got a Vesna Hall of Famer that's ready to go back in the net the next night. So that raises the level of all your goaltenders. It's one of my favorite moves that that the team made because I just don't think you can ever win hockey games at the end of the year when things get really hard without a great goaltender. So um, I love the move. I'm excited to watch Flurry play. I'm excited to see what his effect is on the rest of the team, not just his own position. And, you know, this is just something that we're going to talk about all season because how can you not? is the reality. And that competitiveness is so infectious. And if you don't believe it, we'll toss it to another uh, a soundbite now from Stan Bowman, who quite simply said, you look, it's amazing to see a guy, like you said, at that stage of his career, going a hundred and not even 10%, 150% night in, night out, practice after practice from start to finish. Uh, just, just take a listen to Stan Bowman. You know, for the people that aren't as familiar, usually as, as goalies are, in the league for a while and they get, uh, they've been in the league 10 or 12 years. They don't really like to practice very much. You know, they, they get on the ice they they do their 15, 20 minutes and they get off. Um, so he's very, very unusual to have that much energy and uh, desire to keep, you know, he makes it fun. He makes it fun for his teammates and he shows them that competition is good and that's how we get better. So, you know, he doesn't have an attitude like, uh, I've got it all figured out. He's trying to improve all the time. And I think that that speaks to why he's had such a, a great run here, um, even as he gets into his mid-30s. All right, Stan Bowman there on Marc-Andre Fleury. You touched on it. The competitiveness, the drive from the goalie rubs off on the defenseman. They want to play better there. Let's just move right there next. And as we go uh, position by position here, previewing the season, 
Seth Jones, the big name acquisition on the blue line, signed long term. He's the real cornerstone, obviously, of this defensive core. You don't have a guy signed to an eight-year extension, uh, nine-plus million a year. He's obviously the guy, the face of the blue line back there. But this is a major upgrade in the offseason to the defensive group as a whole. Nothing to say about uh, the young players that came in and out of the lineup last year. A lot of them are still a big part of the future going forward. Of course, not a single bad word to say about Duncan Keith, who left the team and for a very valid reason, wanting to be closer to his son as his son kind of reaches that age where he's starting to play more sports and get involved in stuff. Duncan Keith didn't really get to see his son hardly at all last year with the pandemic and all the restrictions around the team. This defensive group is just incredible to look at on paper, the year-to-year difference with the additions that were made while removing Duncan Keith Uh, a Hall of Fame blue liner in his own right. You got Seth Jones, you got Jake McCabe coming in, a a shutdown guy who's probably been, you know, under the radar a little bit on a bad Buffalo team in the last few years. Uh, Connor Murphy extended four seasons after this upcoming season. We've seen his growth both on and off the ice. You got Calvin DeHaan coming back into camp off a little nagging injury he had at the tail end of last season. Uh, You still have Riley Stillman, a guy who was acquired late last season, breaking his way into the team. I mean, there's a lot of really good talent, and they're all, like we talked about, young, under 30 years old. They're going to be here for quite some time. Well, and they're bigger. It's a bigger group. I mean, it's a heavier group. It's a bigger group. I mean, look, Seth Jones is six foot four. He is just the exception to the rule. I mean, he's six foot four. He's 26 years old. He's incredibly athletic. I mean, he probably could have been a professional at any number of sports. He's just one of those athletically gifted guys that can do everything. And you can see it in the way he plays. He can play heavy. He can play defensive. He scores goals. We'll see him on the power play. He's a number one defenseman. And when you have an opportunity to acquire a guy like that and lock him in long term, that's exactly what you do. Okay. What about his brother, Caleb Jones? He's another guy. He's six foot one. He's young. He's looking to establish himself. He's going to be hungry to really show people that he's not just Seth Jones's brother. He's his whole own guy and he's a player. And I know that the organization has high hopes for him. I know that they like his game. I was unfamiliar with his game. I got to watch him skate for the past 10 days. I got to talk with Stan a little bit about him. Um, and they like his game and, and they're excited to watch his development. Then Jake McCabe, he's an under-the-radar type of guy. Played with Murphy at the National Development Team, has lived in Chicago. He's familiar with the area. He's, a, he's another guy. He's six foot one. He's 200 pounds. He's a heavy guy. And just think about McCabe and Murphy eating up hard minutes against other teams' best players. There's no secret that the division is very good. There's a lot of top-end guys, okay? Now, all of a sudden, Seth Jones is a little more freed up because he doesn't have to see the other team's best line every single shift because you got that pair of Murphy and McCabe. If it works out that way, that'll be something we see in training camp. I'm sure they'll try different things, but... I was a defenseman, Carter, and so I always love the decor. It's what I look at. I think it's important. And when I look at the decor, I see a group, a mix. You've got a little bit of offensive skill. You've got a little bit of defensive grit. You've got size, but everybody skates. When you look at this group and you start going down the list, DeHaan can skate well. Both Joneses skate well. Kalnuck skates well. McCabe moves the puck and skates well. Murphy. And then you've got some of the young guys. Look, Riley Stillman is going to take a big step in his game this year. And I think he's going to turn out to be a really nice, simple shutdown defenseman. But he is young. He's born in 1998. I mean, he is a baby by all, you know, standards. Okay. So this is a guy that has a long way to go and showed signs of being a good shutdown type of defenseman and, and really learning the game. 
So, you know, I didn't mention Mitchell and I didn't mention Rajula and I didn't necessarily mention Bodan either. But like, again, these are good young players that might end up in Rockford to start the year. But these are all guys who can come up. And if you have one of those young guys playing in your roster, playing every night, you're in really good shape. Okay, because these are promising young defensemen that need a little bit of seasoning and they might get a little in Rockford and a little up here in Chicago. There's going to be a lot of cohesiveness between the two. Obviously, the Blackhawks now own Rockford, so it's really just one big organization at this point. You know, Derek King, who's the coach in Rockford, him and um, Jeremy Colleton, they work together. They have a great relationship. So I very much look forward to sort of that young shuttle of talent back and forth, especially among some of those guys that I just named on the back end. But I'm really pumped about uh, that group and, and that decor. And when I talked to Stan about this and I talked to Jeremy about this, that was an area that they really, really wanted to improve was their decor, really just solidifying some of those pillars because there's always going to be injuries and there's always going to be guys that come in and out, but you need to have that cohesiveness. When we talk about those first three players and we talk about Seth Jones and we talk about Murph and we talk about McCabe, those are guys that you know what you're going to get 80 times a year. And on their nights where they don't have it, they still find a way to have a B minus game, right? Or a C plus game. They don't have F games. They don't have D minus or D games. And that's important as a pro managing your off nights because you're not always going to play well. It's just not going to happen. There's all these different factors that go into that. But when you have three players on the back end like that, it really quiets things down and gives the forwards an opportunity to know what you're getting from your decor every night. Just listen to uh, Stan Bowman describe kind of his mentality coming into this offseason. And like you said, bolstering this group with the numerous additions that they did to set themselves up for hopefully not only a successful season, but seasons to come. As we moved into the offseason, our top priority was to try to bring in um, one or potentially two defensemen that had uh, a real uh, good profile and history of being strong defensive players. Um, so we're able to, you know, first in the trade acquire Seth Jones and then sign Jake McCabe when free agency opened. I think those two moves, as well as extending Connor Murphy, like you mentioned, you know, we're going to have three really um, accomplished defenders at the NHL level, big guys, uh, strong and they're able to play against anybody in the whole league right now. Like, you know, when we start the season, um, it's nice for our coaches to now know we've got three defensemen that they're comfortable being out there against the other team's best players every shift. We will continue moving forward now. We've gone goalie. We've gone defense. We look at the offense. Last year, a lot of really young guys, you've got – of course, Patrick Kane doing Patrick Kane things night after night. I mean, that's like oxygen. It's you know you're going to wake up and have oxygen, and then you know Patrick Kane's going to score goals and be you know incredible. A hundred percent. That's a given. That's the one thing that like we probably bore people talking about. You just know what you're getting with Kaner. I mean, yeah. the, the guy's incredible. I'm sure he'll do one or two things this year that we're like. We haven't seen that in 12 years. Well, he'll do that in a couple opening weeks. I mean, he loves to come out and have something new that nobody has seen before, which like all the power to a guy who constantly finds new ways to improve. He's a, I mean, like I can't even fathom it. Like, how do you get any better? Well, he does. So that's a given. Like a fine wine, better with age, Patrick Kane. You've got, we've touched on the additions, Tyler Johnson, Borgstrom, Kara, Reichel, who's you know on the coming in on top of last year's young group, he might have to start out in Rockford just based on the pure depth of this offensive core. But also moving over to North America, his first season there, there's an adjustment there. There always is. But you look at that group; it's an an improved offensive group already. And then you bring in the readdition of Jonathan Taves. It's going to be a slow play with him to see to make sure that he's ready to go. Take it day by day. There's no expectation right here as we sit here in late September that he's going to play 80 games this season. It's going to be day by day as he comes off from an entire season basically missed. And you've got Kirby Doc ready to take another step after missing 
the majority of last season too. He worked back from his wrist injury, came back early, played some games, felt some fatigue in his wrist. And they said, look, there's no point in risking it right now. Go ahead and fix this in the off season. We'll get back to normal. So Colby, you look at this offensive group as a whole and just the depth, the pure depth that this group has is unreal. Yeah, I mean, I love the depth, and I love the depth bringing competition to training camp, Carter. I think that that is such an important thing to have, and and that that internal competition that we are going to see on display starting when the ice sessions happen tomorrow is really what makes this year so intriguing because we know what Patrick Kane's going to give us. And Jonathan Taves, we're going to monitor. We're going to see how he's feeling. He's going to play games. We don't know how many. We don't know what his minutes are going to look like. I just truly believe with Jonathan Taves, it's going to be day-to-day to to see how he feels. Uh, I don't think that there's an answer that I know everybody wants right now that we are just refusing to give. We don't know. This is uncharted waters. But then you start looking at other names. You look at the rookie like Lucas Reichel, the first-round pick. Borgstrom is a former first-round pick that was traded for at the end of last year. Gaudet, you know, a guy that got traded from Vancouver. Uh, Kara, who's a big guy who's come in, who's played a lot of NHL games. Hardman. I mean, it, it kind of goes on and on. And Whistle. I mean, there's a lot of guys, Nylander, that are here to prove themselves and prove that, you know, they belong in this lineup and they belong on the ice every night. And when you have that level of competition and then you have those type of caliber players that might not make the team, it shows you the health in the roster and in the mix, Carter. It's it's all about the mix. You can't have, you know, 12 Mario Lemieux, although maybe you could because Mario is obviously just so great, right? But <laughs> You know, you need a mix of players. You need sandpaper on the on the back end. You need guys who are going to finish their checks. I mean, Stan and I had a conversation the other day about how important it is for even the skilled, the high-end skilled players come playoff time to play physical, finish their checks. You know, you see it around the league with teams that are successful, you know, into the summer. And their first and second line players, they play physical. They're not afraid to do so. And the reason for that is that internal competition and knowing that if I don't do it, there's another guy behind me that's going to take my job. Then there's a guy behind him that's looking to take his job. So, you know, when I look at this forward group, I see depth. I see some good top end skill. I see some players that can fill some heavier roles, can play a little bit meaner, a little bit faster, get in on the four check. I think that's one of the reasons that the team went out and signed Mike Hardman out of Boston College, who uh, very much understands his role to the NHL is to be mean, is to play fast, play physical, play mean. His skills won't slow him down, but he's probably not going to be a first-line goal scorer for the Chicago Blackhawks. So I think that it, it's really the mix is, is what makes me the most excited. I'm looking forward to see a healthy Kirby Doc, to see what he does in another year of maturation and his development. You know, the, the list kind of goes on and on. You touched on the the next man up. Someone's always ready to take your job. And I think it's very intriguing. When you look at last season, there were so many young guys, rookies, NHL debuts, first goals. These guys got a chance to play NHL games. So many young players. Not that they're being potentially being sent down because they're not good enough. They're just young players. So this added competition, I think this season is going to make Rockford and what happens there with the AHL team more important than perhaps ever because these guys have a taste of the NHL. They've spent a season watching Patrick Kane day in and day out, working out, knowing what it takes to be a player at that level. Now they get to go down potentially to the AHL. We don't know who training training camp's going to play out, but inevitably there's going to be guys who played considerable NHL time last year down in Rockford. They're going to have the first line minutes. They're going to have the opportunity to work on their skill day in and day out, be the focus, get in the gym, do all the work that it takes to get back to the NHL level. And those guys are going to be chomping at the bit ready to come back up to the NHL when their number is called and they're going to be ready to go. They're going to be ready to plug right into the lineup, playing the same system, playing the same type of hockey. 
the depth is not going to just end in training camp. It's going to be a year-long thing, and it's going to be really fun to watch what some of those guys can do with that added responsibility down with the Ice Hawks. Yeah, and you, you, I want to touch on two things you brought up. First off, getting sent down to the American League when you're a young player is not a negative, especially when you're 90 minutes down the road and it's such a close group. I mean, the Rockford staff is here every day. The Blackhawk staff is there every day. I mean, it is all one organization. So, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing because here's one thing that Stan Bowman has said to me, and he said it earlier when we talked with our season ticket holders. You do not want a young player like Lucas Reichel in the NHL in survival mode. Some guys adapt right away. It didn't take Patrick Kane 20 minutes to be a good NHL player. He's he's an exception of the rule. The guy who went right after Patrick Kane was a guy by the name of James Van Riemsdyke. He was the second overall pick. He's had a pretty good career. It took him time to, you know, get himself up to speed in the NHL. So all players, you know, they adjust at a different period of time in their career. So with a guy like Reichel, it might be better for him to go to Rockford, play on the first power play, first penalty kill, 18 minutes a night, first or second line, to kind of get his understanding of the culture of America before an American hockey, before you throw him in the NHL and all he's out there doing is trying to survive. That is not good for a player's development. It's not good for any young player's development. So, um, you know, having that ability to bring guys up and down, you're right. It's going to be a year-long thing where players are constantly playing to stay with the big club. It's going to happen on the back end. It's going to happen on the 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 front end. Uh, you'll see it probably with the goaltending at times this season. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really important. Um, and so we kind of need to, as a, as a fan base and as a staff and just as a city, we shouldn't necessarily look at Rockford as this awful demotion. It's just part of the plan for some players. Most players play in the American League at some point. You know, you don't want to be a lifer. I get that. I was one, okay? But you want and you need players to work things out at that level. I, I just, I've seen a lot of really good players play a full season in the American League and we've seen it here in Chicago over the years. So um, I think those are just important mindsets that we kind of all need to retrain ourselves to understand. And I know that's the way the staff looks at it because I have the opportunity to talk with them on a day-to-day -day basis. They don't look at it as this awful demotion. So why should we, if that's the way that they're viewing it? For some players, it's a good thing too because playing 20 minutes in a night in Rockford might be better in the long run than playing three or four minutes at the NHL level it's, once or twice it, a week if you're lucky. It's not even close. It's just not even close. And I remember watching it with Tyler Sagan. I remember watching it with Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand played a, a full season in the American League before he even started to get a sniff. Then he gets brought up to the, the big club in 2010, you know, makes the team out of training camp played on the fourth line the first half of the season. Then he got moved to the third line once they trusted him. Then all of a sudden, come playoffs, he's in the top six. And that was the last time anybody ever thought about him not being one of the best players in the league. And I know our Chicago faithful does not care about the Bruins, but it paints a picture. Good players play in the American League, and it is not always a bad thing for these guys. And pumping some patience, especially with a guy like Lucas Reichel, who's never played in North America, the ice size is bigger in, in some places in Germany. It's a different style of hockey. Let's give the kid a chance to be successful. And that is what our staff and our development staff and our American League staff and our NHL staff and our managers, that is what their job is with a player like that. So, you know, if he doesn't make the team out of camp, we're not going to throw our hands up. We're not going to be panicking. It's not going to be starting to write this guy off. It's this is all part of the plan. And he's going to have the chance in training camp to, if he's ready for the NHL, he'll stay in the NHL. There, That's what training camp is for. Oh. The next three weeks are going to be so much fun to watch, top to bottom, every position on the ice, because there are battles to be had. There are players at forward, 
defense and even in net that could make the NHL roster or could not. And who knows? And here's what will happen. If a guy like Reichel, okay, or a guy like Entwistle or Hardman or Mitchell or, you know, just go down the list of any of our, our high-end prospects or guys that are knocking on the door, okay? If some if one of those players is better and they have an issue where we don't have the space or they'll make a trade. It happens every year in training camp. There's always one or two trades right after training camp because some young player forced the team into keeping him around because he was that good in training camp that they had to clear someone else out. And you know what? It's the best problem to have in the NHL because that means your depth is strong and the challenge from the internal push is so good that you're having to literally get rid of players to make room for the next generation, for the young players. So those are great problems to have that I know Stan and Al and Kyle Davidson will happily take on, okay, as they're evaluating and they're looking, how do we fit players in? How do we make the money work? How do we make the cap work? Those are great problems to have. And I want to send it now to one last uh, soundbite from the Zoom you held with Stan and Jeremy with all of our season ticket holders earlier today as we're sitting here on Wednesday afternoon recording it because Jeremy said almost perfectly what you just said in, in a completely different way from his view as the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks that this competition starts in training camp, but it doesn't end October 12th the day before the season opens. This, he hopes, and for the development of every single person in the organization, every contracted player, and even some of the non-contracted players, the draft picks, he hopes this competition lasts all season long for that exact reason. I mean, ultimately, they should embrace the competition. Like, it's going to be hard to make the team. That's a good thing. I mean, that that says that we're on the right path as, or, as an organization, that it's not just going to be um, you know, given to them as far as, as making the team, they're going to have to earn it and it's going to bring the best out of them. They're going to have to perform at a really high level to, to earn a spot. And, and that's, that's as good as it gets as, as far as for their development. Uh, that's the kind of environment we're, we're trying to create. So if it turns out they're not quite ready, um, that doesn't mean they're not part of our plans or, or not even going to play NHL games with us. I said earlier, we're going to need 30 guys uh, to, to play throughout the year where there's going to be injuries, there's going to be ebbs and flows in, in performance. We're going to need a deep pool of players who all kind of buy into to play in a certain way. And uh, if we're going to go go anywhere, it, it won't be on the backs of, you know, 16, 17 guys. So uh, if, if we have some young players or whoever doesn't end up making our team out of camp, uh, the message will be keep working, keep trying to get better, understand, um, you know, what, what you're trying to do to, to play in the NHL and, and, uh, show you can help us win and you'll be back. All right. Well, Colby, we've gone on and on, I think over 40 minutes now talking about every position on this team, all the additions, everything to be excited about training camp is finally here. First on ice session Thursday morning, fifth, third arena. Uh, you mentioned there's going to be a couple different groups, but, Real quick, what are you looking for just over the opening days and, and potentially week of training camp as guys start to establish themselves, make names for themselves? What's the number one key during these opening days for people to watch for and to really kick things off because the schedule just keeps going from here for the next six months and it, it gets really exciting? Yeah, well, the one thing that I always, as a, as a former player, I'm looking at is I want guys to stay healthy first and foremost. 100%. You know, these first couple of days with fitness testing, especially for young players, you push yourself because when you're running the run test or the bike test and the general manager of the team is seven feet away, you're, you're pushing it as hard as you can. You will literally go until you pass out if you have to. So you want guys to stay healthy. You want guys to, you know, start to get comfortable on the ice. You want to see high pace, um, you know, but ultimately, like, especially the way that the groups are bro broken up here, we've got a team A, we've got a team B, and we've got a team C. I'm going to focus mostly on some of the guys on team B and team C, some of these bubble players that I'm going to be looking to see how do these guys make their first impression. You've got certain guys looking for a first impression, certain guys are looking to redo their first impression, and then certain guys are there getting themselves up to speed and getting them in game shaken. Look, 
We're going to keep an eye on 19 just as much as we can. We want to see how he's feeling. We're going to monitor his, his days on the ice, his maintenance days. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of maintenance days for him. You know, somewhat, we'll call it load management, something that we see frequently in the NBA, which I don't really know why they need it in the NBA, seeing as how they don't hit, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> we'll have a whole different well, show. That's, that's a whole different show. I don't remember Michael Jordan needing maintenance day or, or needing load management. So um, yeah, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. Like I, I'm like anybody else. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see the guys get going. I want to see the preseason games, the practices, how the coach is interacting with everyone. He's going to know pretty quickly how good a shape the group is in based on what I've seen. Guys are in good shape. And that, that's a thing of the past. Everybody shows up in good shape now. It's not what it was 10, 15 years ago where some guys show up, you know, out of shape, like they've been drinking beers all summer. Everybody's ready to go and dialed in. Well, training camp, as we said, first on ice session Thursday morning. Preseason begins right away next week, Wednesday, September 29th. A home game at the United Center against the Detroit Red Wings. First preseason tilt, first of six. Season opens October 13th in Colorado, a three-game trip to open the year, and then the long-awaited home opener October 19th, a four-game homestand to kick things off at the UC. Uh, fans back in the building. Tickets are going. Tickets are on sale. Did you can you get say yours. Fans, fans in, the building? in the building. Oh, boy. Gotta let me, love let me, that. I'll do it one more time. Fans in the building, cheering the anthem, cheering the team, it's going to be incredible. I know everyone's looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as someone who got to watch some of those home games last year with no one in the building. It was uh, the fans were sorely missed. I can just put it that way. So tickets are on sale every single home game. Blackhawks.com. Get yours there. A lot to be excited about. Uh, Colby, great first uh, full-time episode as a member of Blackhawks Insider. Are you scared yet? Are we going to have you back next week or are we going to have to just fill someone else in. Are you back? I'll need 24 hours to decide. Okay. I do not like to answer and be put on the spot. So I'll tell you in 24 hours if I'll be back. All right. Well, guys, turn in, tune in next week and we'll see if Colby's back or not. Colby, great to have you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's going to be exci an exciting season. Um, here we go. I'm just quoting Stan basically saying we're saying the word exciting, excited also way too much, but uh, it'll be fun. We'll be here the whole way to take you through it. Um, so that'll do it for, for our opening show. For Colby, I'm Carter Baum. Hockey is back, and uh, we're here all season, so buckle up. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive with Kane and Tate.